This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. Bill McMinn, Mark Hostetler, both pastors of Vickerville Bible Church, talking about John chapter 19. We are now in the season of Lent, my man. Mm -hmm. So we are seeking God, 40 days of seeking God. Hopefully that's going well for you. You've got a fast coming up. Uh, you can go to the church uh, website and look at us there and I'll find out the information. Hopefully we'll have some information for you on Facebook and other places. Uh, you can pick up a sheet of paper in church. Uh, it explains the whole thing. So there's places to get that information and you can, it's a great thing. We get to do it together. Yeah. You know, you can make, you can individualize it for yourself and what you give up and how you fast and things like that. But it is a cool thing that we get to do together. And so I really love it. And we are in that season. And so no better thing to be talking about really as we come to the season of Lent than the crucifixion of Christ. And here we are in John 19. It says, so the soldiers took charge of Jesus carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which I think is really amazing. They had a rock formation. that looks like a skull. Yeah. And also called Golgotha. And there they crucified him with two others, one on each side, Jesus in the middle. And that's why you see three crosses as you travel around the countryside. You'll see on a hillside at times, and let's say if you're in Virginia, West Virginia, sometimes in Ohio, you'll see three crosses. That's why there's three, not one. It says Christ was crucified with two others. And it said Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth. The king of the Jews, many of the Jews read the sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. The sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, don't write the king of the Jews, but the man claimed to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate said, what I wrote, I wrote. And mm -hmm. he just, he's sick of them at this point, yeah. I'm sure. And he's like, what I wrote, yeah. I wrote, and I'm just going to stick with it. Yeah. But I, I think of a world in which people on the way in, out of the city, see a man being crucified. I Can you imagine in the world in which we live in, can you even imagine us walking by people executed? Unfortunately, the, the grosser and grosser we get, yes, I could. But in our world today, we're so I soft. Mean, Are you kidding me? They do lethal injection. They won't even do electric chairs. They don't do anything that... They, man, you don't hear of shooting squads or firing squads or anything like that. I mean, they, they do it in the most peaceful, loving way that they can. They yeah. A lot of people, they, they don't even practice capital punishment at all. Now, I'm not saying, can you imagine seeing somebody violently mugged in a city? I'm not saying that. I'm saying no. that we, our, our legal system, would actually publicly executed in america something. yeah that would be unheard of right i mean yeah yes it's i shocking. hear what you're I'm saying i'm saying as right. a for, as a westerner mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just let, let me let me read it again yeah. many of the jews read the sign for this place where jesus christ was crucified was near the city they're like walking by like it's a main drag yep. they're like walking down the road it's like oh look there's a guy getting crucified over there it's just so accepted it was so normal for these people yeah. to see people executed that's how the roman government just throws you out and across until you die that's just how people were executed. The intimidation method, you know, they, they intimidated the people like that. They right. Just, you go against us. This is what we're going to see you hanging like that. Right. Cross, but God speaks know? in a lot of ways. And one of the ways that but God yeah, no speaks here. No doubt about it. The persecuted church right now, there's people being beheaded. There's people being killed for the sake of Christ right now. And, and what's being done about it. I don't know, you know, other than prayer that's happening. 
No, no, you know, I, yeah, I, no, so, I'm not disputing that whatsoever. I'm saying okay. from the Western, those listening to this yeah. podcast in our yeah. Western culture, this is absolutely 100% shocking. I know I us. wouldn't just walk by it, man. I mean, it, that's horrible. It's a right. horrible thing, you know? Yeah. I'm glad that we're not used to these mm-hmm. sites. I'm glad that right. we're not under the heel of an oppressive military that's just hanging or crucifying who they choose to crucify and putting people out there like that. I mean, you got to be thankful. Sometimes I think that we're not thankful enough for the freedom that we have in this country. I mean, you look at Jesus Christ and the oppression that Christ is going through right now, but I do appreciate Pilate putting King of the Jews. Me too. I think it's a great, it's actually an evangelistic tool. You know, he does it in three different languages, you know, so everybody's clear. Hey, this is the King of the Jews that that's being hung. It must've been a big sign. Yeah, I know. I, right? Yeah. I mean, it must have been something like if he wrote it in three languages, I don't really, I see it, it could have been a pretty, pretty big, bold sign that he put on there. Now, maybe some of them would look at it like a mocking thing, like, ha-ha, that's your king, this is what happens to you when you claim to be a king. But in other ways, there's a truth that God is revealing himself oh, yeah. and revealing who Christ is. In Revelation 19, when Christ returns, mm-hmm. it says on his robe and on his thigh, he has his name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, because yeah. that's who he is. Mm-hmm. Now, the soldiers, when they crucified Jesus Christ, they took his clothes, dividing them in four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. The garment was seamless, woven in one piece, taught the bottom. Let's not tear it. Let's decide who will get it. And they cast lots. And this happens that scripture might be fulfilled. They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. That's right. So this is what the soldiers did. Now, that's a fulfillment of scripture. You know, they divided my clothes by a lot. Oh, yeah. Right? This this chapter is so full of prophetic fulfillments. It's it's crazy to me how many times over and over and over uh, John cites, and, and so the scripture was fulfilled. You know, right. these are things that are scriptural. You you point out right here in Psalm 22. This is a fulfillment of scripture. Right. You know, it's a prophecy fulfilled. And how many prophecies Christ did fulfill blows your mind. You know, uh, it's obvious that he is the Messiah just because of that. Right. You know, that's why Paul, or uh, I'm sorry, John, later on in this passage, you'll see, you'll read. He said, I wrote this so you could believe. Right. You know, make the connection in your head, guys. <laughs> you know, uh, the scripture in the Old Testament being fulfilled right here with yeah. Christ. Make the connection right. and believe. Right. You know? No, I, I would agree 100%. But mm-hmm. you look at it, and from our perspective, we need to sometimes remember how shocking it is. God, in his sovereignty, decided this is the way that Christ would die. Not by lethal injection, let's say, not by something simple, something brutal. And I think it does demonstrate the power of sin and how sin needs to be dealt with and how seriously we need to take it. But in Psalm 22, and what I would encourage you to do is read Psalm 22. There's a lot of prophetic verses in there that very much are reminiscent of crucifixion. This was written hundreds of years before Christ came. This is not a passage that was manipulated afterwards this is a passage that was here before in verse one bill it even starts out now john doesn't mention this in 19 but in verse one and it starts out my god my god why have you forsaken me in psalm 22 which is in another account 
It does say that, but right. that's how this psalm right. starts out, you know. Go why ahead. are you so far from saving me, so far from the cries of my anguish? That's Psalm 22, 1. My God, my God, mm-hmm. why have you forsaken me? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a fulfillment mm-hmm. there. John chooses not to bring that one up. Other gospels do. But when you look at Psalm 22, it says, dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Boom. Mm. Now, it's interesting, just so you all know, there are no gospel accounts that say specifically Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross. We know that he was because when Thomas was not there, and perhaps one of the reasons Thomas is not there is to clarify this because Thomas is not not part of it, and he says, I won't believe that Jesus Christ has come unless I can put my, my finger in the nail holes and yeah. I can put my hand in the spear mark right. unless I can do that. And that was John chapter 20, 24. He wasn't with him unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put mm. my finger where the nails were, put my hand aside. I will not believe. Obviously, at this point, we know for a fact there's no dispute that Christ was nailed to a cross. Oh, yeah. So let's go back again. Prophetically, in Psalm 22, they pierced my hands and my feet. When did that ever happen to David? You know what I'm saying? Like, that didn't happen to David. They didn't pierce his hands and his feet. No. Nope. Only Christ, they... And it's crazy. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They did. People were walking by. They were walking by Jesus Christ. They were making fun of him. He saved others. He can save himself, all that. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. That's, again, Psalm 22. That's exactly what's happening here in this crucifixion as fulfilled from Psalm 22. Yeah, absolutely. You think about, it says, my bones are on display. I mean, it's hard to imagine, Bill. It really is. But he's naked on the cross. They tore his. He might have had like a loincloth on, but I mean, maybe, yeah. But I mean, it says that they took his tunic and seamless tunic, by the way, right? Which, which, the way I understand it, I think only high priests wear, right? Which is interesting that it's on Jesus, a seamless tunic. I would hope Um, that the Jews in in a place like Jerusalem around the Jewish people they would pitch fits about that. They might have, like, I'm not sure what they did. Uh, I don't know. I never pictured Jesus Christ, like, completely naked on a cross. I pictured him, they had something around them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, for sure. Well, I mean, for sure, all the depictions of Christ are. But they're, you know, who knows, Mark? It's I just mean, humiliating. You know, it's, it's absolutely to me, humiliating. It's, it, it's hard for me to read this, to be honest right. with you, man, because I, I just want to come. I want to be to, I want to go to bat for him. You know, right. I want to be there and help him, you know, and it really, uh, but you can't because you, you put him on the cross, Mark. I know. (laughs) Thanks for that reminder. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's because of you, Mark. It's because of me, Mark. It's It's because of us. We all, we all had a hand in this, you know, because we're all sinners and he needed to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins. So, um, um, but anyway, near the cross, it stands his mother, his sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. He said to her, woman, here's your son. And to the disciple, here's your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her to his home. I don't know where the other brothers were or if there was a divide in the family or what in the world was going on here, but Jesus Christ wanted John to take care of his mom, and he did. I think it's a beautiful personal touch to this story. Mm-hmm. I think it really is. I mean, Jesus, in his last kind of moment of care for his mom, he's, he's, he commands John, the beloved you know, a disciple, he commands him, hey, take care of mom. For right. Me. And I think, I think reason, the reason behind that, Bill, honestly, think about this, her own kids, they're still back in Galilee. Right. Like they don't believe Jesus is who he says he is. Right. At this point, her children, her Jesus, half brothers and sisters don't believe in him. Right. And what he's claiming. 
So who's going to console her? They're going to be like, get over it. Right. You know? And John, his beloved son, he, our uh, disciple, he connects her with them two together. And he's like, hey, take care of her because my brother and sister, they're not going to. Right. You know? That's what I think anyways. It, that's, well, that's, I mean, it would be a logical conclusion. I mean, I don't know why James becomes a pillar in the church. So, I mean, his half-brother later on. But yeah. at this time, this is what Jesus Christ asked, and that's what he's going to do. And if yep. Christ asks us to do something, we're going to do it. And then later, knowing that everything had been finished so the Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. Mm. Oh, and a jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of a hyssop plant. They lifted it to Jesus' lips, and when he received the drink, he said, it's finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And I think of that term and I, I think of what is going on here because in some ways earlier he wouldn't take it because he didn't want his wits to be gone because in some of this they say in some of this mixture sometimes was like something that would deaden your pain yeah. and that's not what christ wanted he wow. didn't take like a little sip of anything until the very bitter end wow right before he said it is finished and well, he gives I'm, up I'm, the spirit i'm just thinking this and excuse this phrase but this poor guy you know, this is, this is the humanity of Christ right here. This poor guy, he's exhausted, right? I mean, this guy True. is exhausted. True. He's lost how much blood he's dehydrated, man. I mean, he's just like, he, he's slowly suffocating on a cross. He's lost blood. His, his flesh probably is dangling in certain areas. You know, you, you know, you mentioned earlier the passion of the Christ, you know, watching that movie, it really, they did a great job of depicting this, you know, I'll turn to he's, watch. Just, he's just hanging there, man. And, and I just, I can't help but think of the hum, humanity of Christ being shown right here. And it's a fulfillment of scripture, but I'm thirsty, you know, uh, man, you know, <laughs> Uh, the, the soldier standing right there, he's like, hurry up, let's get some, some stuff, you know, and, uh, hands up this sponge full of vinegar or water or whatever it was, you know, and, and, uh, Christ drinks it, you know, and, and that's it. He's right. He's done. That's powerful. And, and, and his last one is it's finished. It you is know? finished. And I like how the other counts say it when he said it, the, the veil in the temple is torn from top oh, to bottom man. and is it's like giant hands of God tore that the veil because the veil separated the holy place from the holy of holies and no one could come to God except the high priest once a year really and the high priest was always in the way that it worked in the old testament if I were to come to God if you were to come to God you had to come through the priest and the priest went to bat for you the priest interceded the priest asked for forgiveness the priest atoned your sins since Christ died on the cross and atoned for our sins we go directly to God he's the mediator between God and man and that's the significance of saying that Christ is the priest so I don't come I don't have to come to any human to say, hey, would you make sure my sins are forgiven? I don't have to do that. I come, and some churches today are still set up like they're old, the pastors are like Old Testament priests, not us. I mean, we're like, you don't have to come tell me about any of that stuff. You know, go yeah. tell God about that stuff. Yeah. And I get to confess my sins, and I get to come directly to God because the work is finished. That's right. Our high priest made our made intercession for right. us. He tore, he tore the veil that stops us from having access. Yeah. In Hebrews 4, it says that when we trust in him, the high priest who's able to sympathize with all of our weaknesses, look, I'm thirsty, mm -hmm. able to sympathize, you know, and he's, it says now we can boldly, confidently approach the throne of God for, right. for grace in our times. Yeah, of need, absolutely. You know? uh, because we, but it's me directly to God. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray, when we pray, we pray it in Jesus' name, amen, yeah. for all of our prayers, because we believe Christ is the one that gives permission to come right. directly to God. He's our access. I love it. it he finished the work. Yeah. He finished what God always wanted, and that is to have a relationship with mankind, and that door is wide open. The gates of heaven are open through Christ. And now, I like how he said, and knowing that all things were finished. It says right there in the beginning of 28, knowing that everything had now been finished. Right, and he commits his spirit into the hands of God. He commits. Into your hands, yeah. I commit my spirit. Yeah. But the fact is, there was a spirit to live on. I mean, when we die, there's a spirit of mankind to live on. This is something that's a huge part of our belief, yep. that this isn't all, that we're not just flesh and blood, that there's a spiritual part of us. Now, it says, now, it was the day of preparation. The next day, it was to be a special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses. During the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a sword, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water because it pierced his heart. And the man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth and he testifies so that you may also believe. And the whole purpose that John wrote the book of John is so that we'll believe in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And these things happen so that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture, they will look on the one they appear. So he was the, the Passover lamb, the Passover lamb, was without blemish, no broken bones. They didn't break bones. And that's Christ's fulfillment for us. So he's the one that death passes over. I can have eternal life right. through Christ, right? That's but look right. at this. They will look on the one they appears. In Zechariah 12, 10, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. They will look on the one they pierced. It's amazing. That Another is. fulfillment. Right. And and this is, so again, I come back to what John said. Uh, and he this is his testimony. And he knows it's true. And he's telling the truth so that he testifies so that you may believe. Yeah. The reason you're bringing up Zechariah right now, the, we, the reason you're even connecting that is because you want us to be amazed, right? At the connection here. Yeah. This is the same thing that the Apostle John is doing right here. He's like, guys, look, pay attention. This is true. Right. In 1 John 5, he says, this is the testimony, you know? Mm -hmm. he, he's like, I was there, guys. I seen well, this, you know? not only that, I mean, 1 John 1 starts out with, I've, I'm talking about what I've seen, what I've touched, what I've, That's you right. know, I mean, he had experience with yeah. Jesus Christ, and so he's just giving his testimony so that we will believe they pierce him. Now, in some ways, this is a prophetic passage where mm -hmm. when they look at Jesus Christ, Mark, Someday, the Jewish people as a nation will have a revival and come back and believe in Jesus Christ. And when he comes again, they're going to see the one they've pierced. They're going to yeah. look at him. That's Not right. only did they see him on the cross here, there's another day they're going to see him again. And the thing with Jesus Christ is when he shows up, let's say he comes back in five years, 50 years, 500 years, whatever it is, he's still going to have the nail marks. And in a billion years from now, he's still going to have the nail marks. Right. Wow. What he went through for us had ramifications that will last for eternity. Yeah, it was in his glorified body that he showed up to the disciples afterwards. And he right. showed what you said earlier about Thomas. You know, he showed him that he was in, he was in his glorified, well, 
was he? Well, not, uh, not totally, really, but, because... But it doesn't matter, because they're still going to see the one they pierced. This was after his death. This he still is, has yeah. the nail marks. Absolutely. He still absolutely 100% wow. has the nail marks. So then uh, later, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus come. They ask for the body. They get it. They bury him in a tomb. They anoint him with 75 pounds of special spices. We appreciated that. They put him in a, a garden in a new tomb. No one had ever been laid in it because it was a Jewish day of preparation since the tomb was nearby. They laid Jesus there. And so here's Jesus Christ. I mean, they, they put him away. And probably at that moment, not realizing what's going to happen. That's on Friday. They're not realizing what's going to happen on Sunday because Christ will be in the grave. It'll be Friday yeah. night. Saturday, part of Sunday. So part of Friday, part of Sunday, all of mm. Saturday. Saturday, mm -hmm. yeah, right. What we the, call the, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the irony of these two men coming right. to Pi I mean, uh, Joseph went to Pilate first, you know, and he, he's giving up his own tomb. Right. He's rich. You know, this is another fulfillment of Scripture, Isaiah 53, 9. Um, it says... They intended to bury him with criminals, but he ended up in a rich man's tomb. Right. This is another fulfillment. I mean, I'm just amazed at how yeah, many times. With the dead and the rich, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, uh, read Isaiah 53. Read yeah. Psalm 22. Yeah. Those are two mm -hmm. big ones. Mm -hmm. 52 and 53 of Isaiah, really. I mean, I think those are two great, uh, when it comes to the death of oh, Christ, yeah. those are two. And Psalm 22 is huge. It's humongous. I yeah. think, yeah, I mean, take a moment and read that kind of thing. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to this mm -hmm. as us talk about uh, John 19. I know for myself, it's just a great reminder to go over it and talking through it brings it afresh to my mind. Yeah. Looking up the scriptures is a great reminder for me of all the things that Christ went through. And I think that we do want to feel it at some level. I think we don't want to just talk about it. We want to feel it. I think it's important yeah. too, what you said, Bill, about, um, you know, yes, this saddens our heart, but it should also produce joy in our heart because he took the death that each one of us deserves. Yeah, right. And what he's experiencing right now stops us from having to experience it when we right. receive him as our savior. Right. We move from death to life. We don't right. have to experience that kind of uh, wrath from God right. because all the wrath of God was laid on him. Right. And so thank God for that. Right. right. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, there's so many things we could say. We super appreciate you tuning in and uh, listening to the show, being a part of it. Feel free to share free. If you haven't subscribed to our Eagleville Bible church, YouTube page, feel free to do that. Mm. Um, yeah. Let people know about it. We really, really appreciate it. You all have a great and a blessed week.